Hello, and welcome to Season 3 of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected, where we share inspiring stories with artists and art professionals on a wide range of topics about life and work. We share ideas on our inspirations and the influences that affect our lives. I sit down with artists and thought leaders across the diaspora to learn more about the things that make them tick, the ideas that they are passionate about, and the ways in which their work seeks to impact our society in a variety of ways. Join us as we continue the journey of sharing the interesting and inspiring stories of some of today's most dynamic artists and art professionals in the industry. Let's go! On this episode, I'm joined by Dominic Chambers. Dominic and I have known each other for a couple of years now, and I've watched his practice grow so much in that time. It's been a minute since we sat down and talked about his work in practice, so it was great to catch up with him and learn all about the work in his latest show at Lehman Mopping Gallery and some of the things that have been inspiring him lately. Born in St. Louis, Missouri, Chambers currently lives and works in New Haven, Connecticut. He received his MFA from Yale in 2019. Chambers creates vibrant paintings that simultaneously engage in art historical models, such as color field painting and gestural abstraction, and contemporary concerns around race, identity, and the necessity for leisure and reflection. He's interested in how art can function as a mode for understanding, recontextualizing, or renegotiating one's relationship to the world. The artist sees painting as a critical and intellectual endeavor, as much as an aesthetic one. Let's dive into my next episode with Dominic Chambers. Dominic Chambers, I'm so happy to have you join me on an episode of Everything is Connected. Really looking forward to chatting with you tonight. Thank you for having me, Shana. It's good for us to catch up again. It's been a while, I think maybe a year or two since the last time we spoke. Yeah, you have a new show open right now at Lehman Mopping Gallery called Leave Room for the Wind. Want to jump straight in and talk a little bit about the show? Can you share some of the ideas behind it, some of the new things that you might be working through or working on in this body of work? Yeah, so Leave Room for the Wind is um, an exhibition that's up right now at the Lehman Mopping Gallery in New York, but it's up simultaneously along with a show called First Place at the Contemporary Art Museum in St. Louis, Missouri, which is my hometown. When I originally set out to produce the work for Leave Room for the Wind, one of the primary impetus for that was a painting of the St. Louis Art Museum, which featured a series of kites along within the, the environmental landscape of Forest Park. And so as a child, when I went to visit the St. Louis Art Museum on the field trip, I saw these people outside flying kites. And I remember feeling like this profound sense of astonishment, you know, like something provoked wonder in me as a child and i became really fascinated with the idea of this kite as a signal to alert one's imagination that something wondrous was occurring and so that became the starting point for me to tackle this idea of kite flying as a form of active leisure and as a way to produce a space of wonder and seeing that as a transformative act so much of the work i made earlier on had to think about the role of leisure in our lives in a hyperactive society and seeing it not only as a means of protest, but also a transformative act as well. And the space of leisure as an opportunity to expand one's imagination or expand our vocabulary for what it means to live a life. And I was interested in how we can use, utilize certain objects 
that can handle that same creative source, that creative resource. And so, yeah, I decided to tackle a series of kite um, flying paintings that have a relationship to previous bodies of work and my, it still maintains my interest in color field theory, color field painting and color theory. And my interest in literature is still quite evident and still active in that work. I'm an extremely busy guy, and so I wasn't able to read books as consciously and as um, aggressively as I used to. So I turned to poetry as a way to keep my mind fresh, but also consume ideas and to find myself in conversation with different voices. But leave room with the wind, you'll see me tackle a collection of different ideas that are based on poetic observations or poetic musings in a lot of ways. Some of the things I'm thinking about with the work, the title Leave Room from the Wind comes from Mary Oliver's book, The Leaf and the Cloud, in which we appreciate the idea of the clouds being represented the sky. And of course, the leaf is the trees and the grass that we all have quite the relationship um, with. And just like the magic of both things. And so there's an attention to both the clouds and the landscape within this new body of work as well. I want to circle back to what you said at the very beginning, where you spoke a bit about the idea of moments of leisure, the kite, thinking about these things through the work. Can you speak about leisure as a part of your life? Would you say that some of your interests in leisure and these ideas of being at play and sort of enacting joy, especially as young people, is this something that is coming to you through the work from personal experience? No, not necessarily. I mean, leisure for me always quite important. Like it's something that has been a space of interest for me and a space of intrigue, mostly because of how how scarce leisure is in our day to days, I, I would say. And that has to do with our relationship to time. And, like, I feel as though the way we live today, we have a very perverted relationship to time. And so things are quite compl- like complicated when we think about our relationship to work and leisure. But none of the work I make is about me, per se, outside of perhaps the work that's at the Contemporary Art Museum in St. Louis. But even then, so much of the work I'm interested in is about just larger ideas. My interest in kite flying isn't, like, I didn't grow up flying kite. Like, that just was not my personal experience. Like, what attracted me to that? was an experience I had observing kites in the sky. And seeing those kites in a particular environment, it provoked my imagination. It really stuck with me as a child. And so when I started thinking about this idea of active leisure, I was curious about what activities we can do and what types of things we, activities we participate in and the objects that are mediums in those activities, such as kite flying or playing basketball or any form of leisurely activity that nourishes or replenishes one's interior reality or their sense of wonder and I'm interested in that particular space. I'm not harping on my personal biography or my history. I am really concerned with larger ideas. The paintings and the exhibition at Lehman Moffin, none of those figures who are flying kites are real people. They're not based on anyone I know in particular. They're all imagined characters, right? And it's because they become vessels in a lot of ways that we can project ourselves into right they're not me none of those characters are me but those characters could be you or they could be your friends they could be your friend's children right and then you start recognizing or identifying that the space that those children are living in or engaging in is dictated by color field painting or the history of color field painting and i'm interested in what dictates the life of that environment and so if one is like all right i'm gonna read a book and I'm thinking about the book as a kind of a ship in a lot of ways that can ferry, ferry me away from the reality I'm currently living in into a more imaginative space. 
I think about Kaifine as the same thing. It's an avatar in a lot of ways. It's a medium that you reunites your imagination with the sky. And that space where ideas live to me is really fascinating. It's not necessarily exclusive to the black experience or black life, but it's a collective life, right? I believe that we all have an interiority that is often compromised by the lack of leisure because of just the conditions of our society today. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's given me so many questions that I'm really curious about. But one thing I want to ground in right now is your sense of pushing boundaries and continuing to experiment not only with color field painting and color theory, but experimenting with the context of the subject matter within your work. Can you speak about how you've been pushing yourself and how you've been experimenting in your practice over the last couple of years? When it comes to pushing my practice, I think that's my responsibility as an artist and that is what really keeps my practice exciting to me. I just love things that catch my attention. I'm a very curious person. I like asking myself certain questions and wondering if the questions I'm concerned with or the the ideas I'm concerned with, such as wonder or interiority or the inner landscape, if any of these things are echoed amongst other thinkers. We have theologians and philosophers like John O'Donohue who talks about the beauty of the inner landscape. We have Tracy K. Smith, who was another poet, who is actually was our poet laureate in 2016, phenomenal writer. And she talks about the idea of nourishing one's interior landscape to make sense of the cosmos in a lot of ways. And so these are the kinds of conversations I'm interested in having. And so I tend to seek out voices that I think will help me further my own kind of creative interests, but also help me build out a vocabulary for what my concerns actually are. And you do that by being in dialogue with individuals. And I felt that it is quite easy as a black artist to maybe harp or belabor some of the traumas that many of us are finding ourselves concerned with. And that to me, it feels just sort of not necessarily exhaustive, but it's just not a space that I find myself overly committed to. I like things that provoke the imagination in a lot of ways to have a a very colorful conversation. Yes, I love that. I think that's a good jumping off point to talk a bit more deeply about your innate curiosities and some of the things that keep you coming back to the work that you do. You know, one of the questions that I have asked artists at different times, these are people who might have been in the field 20 or 30 or 40 years, so it's slightly different. It's a different kind of inquiry, but similar in the sense of what keeps you returning to the work? What continuously draws you to explore these thoughts and ideas through the medium of painting? And do you also think of other mediums that you might be interested in engaging with? I love the realm of painting, but a lot of ways just, or historically speaking, I mean, it's quite literally just the idea of the act of painting is a really interesting activity to me. And it's very exciting because that is the you know, ultimate question, right? Like what keeps the process exciting what keeps you coming back you know and for me it is my imagination tends to be quite overactive i know there's gonna be plenty of things that i'm going to think about and i'll never have time to get to and so that in and of itself is reason enough to keep going you know just because there are so many things i just want to see there are so many things i want to talk about and there are so many things that extend beyond myself that i'm interested in you know i'm interested in uh a plethora of different issues and so i'm trying to give these issues an object or an image or a certain type of aesthetic life 
is really challenging and it is exciting. Not necessarily. I mean, I'm, I made sculptures and I make I make drawings as well, but I I tend to see myself as someone who is quite traditional as a maker in a lot of ways. That the traditional mediums of painting, drawing, and sculpture are arenas that excite me the most. I like making things that other people um, find themselves interested in as well, or they have also participated in at one point in time. And that, again, harkens back to this idea of wonder. What types of activities fueled your sense of wonder at some point in time? Was it flying a kite? Is it playing basketball? Is it, you know, staring at a cloud? Is it stargazing? You know, all of these activities to me are rich, and they're rich with material and ideas. But again, I'm only 30 years old. If you catch me next year or five years from now, and you ask me the same question, who knows, right? We oftentimes don't allow ourselves a way out. We commit ourselves to a very particular reality, and there's not, there's very little space sometimes to challenge that reality, unless things are in a total upheaval, you know what I mean? Once there's a particular reckoning, all of a sudden, we want a paradigm shift. And I'm interested in what are the ways in which we can generate that paradigm shift, not just externally, but in- internally as well. I love it. So what's been inspiring you lately? What are some of the things that have been really impressing on your mind and kind of keeping you, yeah, bringing lots of inspiration to you or influence? In terms of what is inspiring me, uh, I, I'm in love with poetry. Uh, poetry always is exciting to me. I, I love just thinkers and ideas. I listen to a lot of lectures and um, essays now. Again, like I, I don't have a ton of time to, com- to commit myself to my reading as much as I would like to, with just the division of my attention and just the overly accelerated culture that we're living in. I love watching my friends and seeing what they're making, and it keeps me excited because I know that the energy is very live right now, and I want to be a part of that conversation. So that inspires me to seeing the work that my contemporaries are doing. I'm very proud of them, and I'm excited to see them keep going. That's dope. I love music. I'm obsessed with music, and I've been listening to a lot of music for sure, and that always generates it. Like I went when I was making Leave Room for the Wind, one of the things that became um, a sanctuary for me was the Blue Note in New York, where I went to go see Robert Glasper in October because he does a residency there every October called Robtober, of course, you know, pun. And I found myself being replenished and excited that I got to see another practitioner excel at his craft on stage and share it with an audience who who resonates with his work and that to me is exciting and so it may be you know intellectual material that inspires me it may be musical material that inspires me and it also just might be other artists people i find myself in community with or in conversation with um yeah i love that that's great so what have you been listening to lately what's on your pod what's on your playlist oh my i was listening to the little yachty album let's start here i think that's a fantastic <laughs> album right? like i mean i really respect him as an artist and I, i'm attracted to that album title in particular right like let's start here i like that because it's an invitation for a point of departure and that to me is really beautiful as an artist because it's almost as though he's saying um come with me on this journey right and where we might go would be unexpected territory and that's exactly what that album was for me i didn't expect it to be like this psychedelic funk afro futuristic soundscape but that's the space he participated in i think he is great so shouts out to him for that 
I'm also interested in this band called Rainbow Kitten Surprise. And I, I listen to them a lot. Or, or you can just call them RKS, you know, their acronym, but Rainbow Kitten Surprise. I think they're fucking fantastic. I, I love their music. I've also been listening, you know, being from St. Louis and all, I rock with our our native son, so Metro Boom, Metro Boomin's Heroes and Villains. That stays in my studio quite often. And it's dope because you're just seeing the kind of creative energy and the creative input that these artists put into their craft and into their mediums and it just gives you it just garners such a degree of respect and to me as an artist i really appreciate you know the type of the just truly deep investment in one's work right it's not just that they wanted to make something to get you know expose themselves to the limelight but they wanted to you know carve out a space in which their music stood on its own right that you would select their albums over other albums because there something resonates with you about that, you know, and that kind of competitive landscape to me is really dope as well. What you listen to? I listen to a lot of love music from the seventies, a lot of jazz, and a lot love. of Afro beats. Smokey Robinson love music. Uh, yeah, and Marvin Gaye and the Isley Brothers and all of that soulful romantic music about like love and relationships. And I don't really listen to a lot of, like, present-day hip-hop. Like, I'll listen to more, like, 90s and early 2000s hip-hop and, like, 90s hip-hop. And then... Yeah, yeah, and then also, I mean, like, I listen to Afrobeats, like, almost every day. But when I need to work and write, I always listen to instrumentals. Lately, I've been into, like, meditative music, stuff that you would listen to in a yoga studio or kind of, like, music that's on, like, a healing frequency. So, like, it has to be a certain kind of megahertz. I think it's, like, 4.5 or 5.5. I don't know exactly what it is. It's definitely in my Spotify. But I listen to a lot of music that's really about, like, kind of, like, clearing your energy. And I think I feel like jazzy music does that for, for me, particularly. Any kind of chill, mellow mood jazz puts me in a serene state. And then I can really think. Because when I'm writing, I can't listen to music where there's lyrics. If I'm in the... Yeah, like, if I'm in a research phase and I'm just like looking up something or someone then I can be like yo like I can talk and like sing the song kind of sing along while I'm working but if I'm writing like I'm thinking in words so I can't really be hearing words while I'm writing you know yeah you need to evaporate the noise like that's what's important for you it's like when you're engaging with that type of soundscape things become a bit quieter it becomes like a way of centering yourself and just heightening your attention to the like the voices in your own mind right the kind of inner voice the language that you're trying to develop that's interesting. I like that. I agree with that as well. You know, if you're interested in jazz, you should check out the Bladberg Band or the Amaj Mall Trio. I think they're fantastic. The Bladberg Band in particular, I mean, I love Amaj Mall, so they're the GOAT, always. He's the GOAT. But Bladberg in particular has a great song called Alma. And whenever I begin writing, whether it be a short story or an essay, I listen to that song first. And it just, for some reason, centers me immediately. Yeah, you know, music has this kind of universal power, this universal quality to deep impressions on you. You know, like the way your parents would say, you better get that homework right the way you know them lyrics, right? Like that kind of sentiment that music stays with you. For me, it definitely holds so many different things, memories, feelings, emotions. I feel like anyone could speak about how music has been impactful for them or how it has left an impression on them because I think it's one of those universal languages just the way art is. So for me, it's like if I'm creating and then I'm also listening to music, it's like these two forms of creativity are at play together. They respond to one another. And it totally. Becomes, 
chaotic relationship in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. And then a lot of times, especially with the written language and poetry and essays and words, like sometimes you can think about like something that you're reading in the context of a song or the thing that you're reading might have this background soundtrack to it, right? Whether that's something that you're conscious of or not, or something that you're kind of creating in your own mind, or like as I've been in situations like that, right? Like I'm reading a story or I'm working on something or I'm writing something. And it, there's almost like this essence of music somehow in the background, right? And there, that's also something that could be quite sometimes difficult to describe, but definitely something that I feel, you know? Oh, so it's no, like, no. I think you're spot on, right? It's almost as though you're developing a soundtrack for your life when you're engaging with a particular form of writing, right? Because like, that writing and your imagination is operating as a... It's a succinct they're very succinct together you know a thousand percent you're hitting it right on the head that's exactly exactly right and they're like working in tandem right they're working together yeah yeah and that's how i feel in a lot of ways about poetry this idea that you think about music as this kind of universal language now i think about poems in the same way because when you read a poem especially if it's something that is maybe a couple lines or something that strikes you in the heart or in the mind or provokes you it becomes like a prayer. It becomes something that you can take with you, something you can recite again. And that's just like a song lyric, right? I love that we're both riffing on the fact that mu- music is a huge inspiration for us. Oh, absolutely. I'm obsessed with music. And what I love about music is that, and I wonder about this more so when, as it pertains to hip-hop, is just this kind of competitive relationship to the medium, right? And that is something I find really attractive to me. You know, meaning that you want to constantly push the envelope with a medium that you are engaged with. And I know that so many hip-hop artists and so many singers, like, they take so much pride in the songs or the sounds that they produce, right? And this is the idea that they wanted to create a space or carve out a space of music or in, that is theirs, right? Like, that they respond to, that their audience really resonates with. And they keep that kind of musical genre alive. And that's why I love hip-hop so much, because hip-hop is have one of those abilities to pivot quite a bit, right? And it's now in the mainstream and it's part of everyone's kind of like social lexicon of um, sound. And I think that a lot of uh, contemporary artists are also operating in the same way, you know, pushing an envelope to sharpen that medium that they that has a historical lineage, but one that we're all actively engaged in too. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's a really great point. It brings up a lot of things for me to the origins of like battle rapping and the competitiveness of hip hop and sort of like not only being better than, you know, your your opponent or the person across from you, but one upping yourself, right? Like being better than whatever your last project was, your last rap was, your last song was. So that that's one thing. And then on the other side, I'm thinking about the idea that you just talked about hip-hop sort of being part of our society's modern lexicon, right? The idea that it's pervaded so much of our society through the proliferation of the medium itself, but also the ability to adapt and flex and transform the origins of blues and rock and roll and R&B and soul and funk and all of these things, and then a new genre emerging from... A, like from a legacy of other types of forms of music and then arriving to what yeah. we consider hip-hop to be the, the origins of hip-hop but also where it has traveled to up until present day and I think about when you said that just now it got me thinking about artists who 
maybe by by design and and sort of by the way that they're enacting their practice are breaking through new barriers within their own medium right so presenting ideas that maybe we have seen in different ways but in a complete like completely recontextualized right or the transformation yeah. of a of an older style or like I'm thinking about a Renaissance painter like Caravaggio, right? And artists of the present day who are pulling from some of these historical references, but reinterpreting the work in a completely different way, right? So it's giving, it's giving something old that we, we sort of recognize are familiar with and understand it's giving that old thing a completely new life, right? And I think hip hop has done that in ways that are so prolific and touch every part of our culture in so many different ways, right? From the way we eat, the way we speak, the food that we consume, the way that we eat that food, the way we talk about things, the way we dress, like it's so, it's just touching and permeating through so much beyond just the music. And I think it's interesting to think of an artist being able to do something like that within their practice. Yeah, because in a lot of ways, it becomes a guiding principle for you, right? The idea that this medium that you're engaging in and your commitment to it is the guiding compass for your life. And you have a a commitment to it, a responsibility to it, to keep it alive, to watch it grow, to nourish it. As far as, like, things that are keeping you really excited, what else are you excited for for this year? You know, it's the beginning of the year, 2024. we got a lot of months ahead of us and a lot in front of us. Anything that you can share or anything in particular that you're pretty excited about? I'm excited to work. I have a pretty aggressive schedule this year. I mean, we're at the top of life. My year's like locked all the way up nine months up already. So I'm looking forward to working. And that to me is exciting. And I'm, I'm hoping to fulfill all of, the, all of my tasks with um, a profound sense of care and attention. And that for me is really important. But it always starts for me with the work. Like people always ask me, like, what's next? I'm like, well, the next painting, the next idea. That is where I find myself most alive. I'm a studio rat. You're hard pressed to get me out of my studio unless I am doing a speaking engagement or talking to someone about an idea or a show or listening to them about their work. But if I'm in conversation, that's always a good way to get me out of my hut. But other than that, I'm just looking forward to working and really spending time with my work and expanding the language of it and listening to my paintings again, going into my space and feeling the energy in there again. Like that to me is really, really precious. And I just really cherish the time to do that. I love that. Well, this has been a great episode. And thank you so much for making the time. It's always, always a pleasure to be in conversation with you. Likewise, Shade. And also, I'm really proud of you, girl. I'm so happy to see that your podcast is doing well and that you're managing to build just such such a community for yourself in the art world. Truly, it's been a pleasure to watch you grow. And I wish nothing but the best for you. And I can't wait to see what you have going on next. And I look forward to listening to this once it drops and sharing it with people. Same, same here. That was my episode with Dominic Chambers. I want to give a big shout out and a big thank you to Dominic for joining me on the show. And it's a wrap, folks. That was our episode of Lightwork Presents Everything is Connected. Conversations on culture and current events with some of today's hottest creative contemporaries. These episodes are recorded wherever in the world that I find myself. May that be New York, LA, Miami, the continent, the Caribbean, Europe, 
Wherever it is that I find myself, I sit down with folks who are thought leaders, critical thinkers, and interested parties within the arts and beyond. These episodes reflect the times that we're living in while also adding some commentary to the social, cultural, and political issues of our world. Depending on where I am in the world at the time of our recordings, you will hear the sights and the sounds of our local environment throughout the U.S., West Africa, and beyond. I'm your host, Falashadi Logandudu, and we'll see you next time. As always, stay motivated, stay inspired, and stay up. Peace and love, y'all. We out.